0: So I dedicate today's learning and today's teaching to the healing for Salman Rushdie and for platforms of peace encouraged to continue to ascend them. On that platform of peace where the horrific attack against Salman Rushdie took place this morning, I was invited by the Chautauqua Institution to be the clergy in residence in Chautauqua, which was a community founded by Christian ministers, Methodist ministers in 1874, it began as a kind of revivalist tent area, but over the years became a hub for cultural music, dance, arts, thought, and religious inspiration. As a fourth rabbi asked in their 150 year history, Honored to be so, following the footsteps of my colleagues, Rabbi Sharon Brous and Rabbi David Wolpe, and Jonah Pessner. It was a big deal for me to represent Ramamu, and to represent the Jewish Renewal Movement, and to be there on that stage in front of um, those people. And so I took it very seriously, and as you can imagine, Sunday mornings in their amphitheater, which seats about 4,500 people, It's quite full it's open no one has to pay and people come from everywhere to to be there and for for the week that i was there the clergy the the liturgy and the the prayer was going to be done in hebrew or not in hebrew but taken from the hebrew prayer book be jewish prayers and so quite a bit was being done on my you know on my behalf and on behalf of the jewish community of chautauqua and so on that very first sunday morning in front of about two maybe three thousand people i don't know Um, I opened my notebook with all of my sermon notes in it that I've carefully prepared, and I ascended to that bima, to that podium, and began this way. I said, good morning, Chautauqua. I've only been here for two or three days, and I'm a bit overwhelmed by everything that I've seen. And at that moment, a lovely tap on my shoulder had me turning to my left, where the liturgist informed me that it wasn't yet my turn to speak. I regained my composure and said to the mic, I guess I've already made you into my home synagogue in which they all laughed and sat down. And then when my turn came, I did stand to speak. But that moment was an example of something that happens in the Jewish calendar, that moment of falling and then standing up again of maybe missing the moment or wondering if perhaps you've ruined the whole thing and then you get a chance to start again, it took place this past week and tonight. Tisha B'Av, which was the Jewish day of desolation and grief and mourning, our communal, our national day for honoring that which has been destroyed, that which has been completely rent asunder, is followed very quickly by Tuba'Av B'Av, tonight, last night and today, the 15th of Av, And that that essentially Tu B'Av is known in the tradition as Yom Avah, the day of love. The 15th day of Av is a day of Eros, a day of connection, a day of repairing that which has been rent asunder. And this kind of thematic progression in our calendar is also an existential one in our Jewish tradition. The Jewish tradition honors brokenness. It recognizes that things don't always go as you imagined they would be, or maybe as you planned, right? A mensch tracht and got laughed. A man, human beings have all kinds of designs, and then there's the reality that meets the map of your expectations. And so, our tradition maps this moment not just onto the calendar, but onto each and every moment of our lives. Our tradition recognizes that there is great humility in knowing that it is possible to repair that which has been broken. It's possible to bring about a reunion when there has been divorce and there's been distance. It's almost hardwired into this coming weeks Torah portion, a Torah portion that always happens and coincides with and with this Shabbat of comfort, comfort as we sang. The Shabbat after Tisha B'Av is called the Shabbat of comfort and consolation. Nachamu, nachamu. Moses will come to the people and say to them, you know, I prayed to God that he would bring me over into the promised land. I prayed that I would have my deepest yearnings honored, but they were not requited. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. According to the rabbis, I prayed thousands of prayers, but it didn't help. And now you people, he says to the Jewish people, don't mess it up. You don't blow it. I didn't make it into the land, but you can, right? You can make into the land, but just don't be disobedient. Be careful to honor all of the things in the Torah. And Moshe goes through all of the ways that the people can avert disaster. The beginning of the Torah portion tomorrow morning in chapter four and five tells us a prescription of what to do in order to avoid having to be exiled from the land. And then you know what Moshe says? He says, when you have children, they're going to fall. It's inevitable, he says. And then Moshe goes on to say, what will happen when they fail? Because he's already warned them not to fail, because if they fail, they'll be exiled and sent out of the land. But then he goes on to say, well, they won't listen to what I'm writing here in the Torah. They won't listen to my sermon. They won't listen to anything I'm telling. There won't be any warnings. They're just going to do what they're going to do. And then it will happen. They will be exiled. And then he says these words. Really remarkable. When they're in Ezra, when they're in exile, Moses says to them, at that point when you are far away, when you're further from than you can possibly imagine, the Torah even describes that will be dispersed amongst all of the non-Jews, kind of a prescription or a kind of force, a foreshadowing of Jewish history, if you wanna look at it that way, depending on when it was written, pretty remarkable. Like we're gonna be scattered to the winds. But then Moses says, you're gonna be gathered together at one moment. You'll see to yourselves, oh, we're so far from God, we're so far from where we began, and then you'll begin your way back. And from that place, you will request, the word bakasha here is more than request, you'll seek, you will seek out the source of love. You will seek out the source of surrender, you will seek out the source of life, you will seek out the ground of being, you will seek out the one that you had originally been, connected to, you'll feel disoriented, dis dislocated. There'll be a sense of anomie, a sense of things are not right exactly. And that itself, Moshe promises, as if answering the question, but if we're in exile, how will we ever come back? If we're asleep, how can we ever wake up? And Moshe says, don't worry, it's gonna happen. It's almost a promise. The language is almost stark. It's not if you, it says you will. From that place, and the key word, the key word for me and the key word, I think, for this moment is from that place. Moshe doesn't say that you will request God or you will seek God from the place that you had originally been because you're no longer there. He doesn't say you will request God from the place that you anticipate going to because you're not yet there. The word misham, from that place, situates us in the midst of dislocation. There's no place to go but from where you are. Before John Cabot Zinn came along and said, wherever you go, there you are, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our teacher, said, wherever you want to go, start from where you are. Start from where you are. Such a remarkable advice, because I don't know about you, but many times I find myself two or three days into trying to get somewhere, realizing that I can't get where I want to go unless I'm already where I am. Can you imagine, I know today that little Orzi, we should send him a shlema had a little, had to go get a tooth extracted. He's okay, thank God. As I like to say, vishinantam I give in my teeth to my children. And so he had a little problem with his teeth. And so he came home and he was in so much pain. Because he, you know, Nova he's not used to being numbed. And he was just sitting on the floor and saying, Aoi. That was his Aoi. He likes to say, Aoi. Aoi. So Ariel sat down right there with him. Just sat there. Ubikashtam Misham, from that place right there. It's the simplest advice. The Buddha gave it, Hindus gave it. Native Americans gave it, everybody who knows anything about the way that spirit works, any doctor who knows a thing about medicine that the spirit or the soul requires knows you can't get where you need to go if you're not where you are already. If your entire time is spinning your wheels about how to get out of this place and not actually moving from it, any dancer, any singer knows you have to sing from where you are deep in that place if you want to go somewhere. Any theory of change must begin Misham from that place. And so the Torah says, and Moshe says with such certainty, you can't, as theotropic beings, as human beings who are inclined towards spirit and God, you can't live long without divinity, without meaning, purpose, whatever you want to call it. We have so many nicknames for divinity, meaning, purpose, ground of being, that which sources your life. You can't live uprooted from that place for very long without feeling that your soul is out of alignment. You need chiropractic adjustment in the neshama to your soul. So you start, he says, Moshe says, start Misham from that place, the place where you got lost, the place where you find yourself, start there. And from there, make your way home. Obviously, it's a hackneyed myth, but it doesn't mean it's not true. It's true that when Dorothy had kind of finished asking everybody how she could get home, she realized that she could only start from where she stood. And as long as she kept thinking she had to get somewhere, she wasn't really where she was. You'll make a request, but let it come from Misham, from that place, says Moshe Rabbeinu. The great grandson of the Shem Tov, Rav Nachman of whom we studied in our Hasidic Masters, had a prayer in his, in his and kind of gathered together prayers based upon his teachings. He wrote them. And here are the words of one of his tfilot. Please, God, give me the strength to seek you out from every place that I find myself in. And in that way, I will merit to fulfill the verse, that you will seek God out from the place you are. Because what happens when we're in the place and we're seeking God out and we find God in that place? Then we're not in exile. Moshe Rabbeinu, who is not about to enter the land, he's the one saying to them, I'm not getting into the land. You're going to get into the land. And one day you're going to be out of the land, and I'm also out of the land right now. And guess where I found God, Moshe says. I found God outside the land, because I looked, and there was a burning bush, but it wasn't in the land. It was in the desert, where I was. Because God makes house calls. And she likes to find us where we are. She has a tracking device, a GPS, a God-positioning service. And she says, are you here? Because if you're here, then I'm also going to be here with you. we kashta misham. The Khatzka Rebbe said something so beautiful. He said, You know, everybody's wondering where they can find God. And God says, I'm wondering where I can find you. If you let God in, the Katska Rebbe says, then God will be found in any place. Mesham from that place. And goes, Ravnachman goes on to say, Be with me, divine one, in every moment. With Karveni karveli bring me close with compassion and mercy so that I might become a true seeker. Rabbi Rachel Baronblatt, known as the um, the Velveteen Rabbi. She wrote a beautiful poem called Promise on this week's Parsha. If you act wickedly in the land which I give you, you will be cast out. You will wander homeless with your possessions on your backs. You will be scattered and serve the gods of consumption and overwork. But if you search there for relationship with what lasts, you will find me. No matter how distant you think I might be, heaven and earth, immovable and eternal, be my witnesses. Even your exile from me is an illusion. I will not forget. This Shabbos is that juxtaposition of Tu which is love day, and consolation, and I think it's also an opportunity as we make our way from to, of Tisha B'Av and the day of annual grief, national grief and national mourning, and we make our way towards the Chagim, towards the High Holidays, it's important to pick up this little piece of the tshuva practice. And as we begin our journey of healing what we can heal and repairing what we can repair, It begins with this little secret that Moshe planted. Misham, start where you are. Start in the place of Aoi. Start in the place of this feels wrong, but I need to find a way out. Sit there for a bit, pull up a little chair, get some tea, invite the Shechina to be there with you, the divine one, and make relationship. Make it a holy pilgrimage site. Ubikashta Misham, Request the divine one from that place in the merit of all of our seeking and our praying, may peace come, may healing happen, and may the world move as it is, I believe, inexorably one step closer towards freedom and wholeness for all sentient beings. And let us say amen. Amen. Please rise.